Welcome back to the Montgomery Companies Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Montgomery, and today we have Coach Don Showalter of USA Basketball. I want to tell you about Coach Show. Don Showalter started his coaching journey as a high school coach in small town Iowa, and today he is one of the most trusted and respected minds in the basketball world. Nine times he's been selected as an Iowa High School Basketball Coach of the Year. In 2009, he was the High School Basketball National Coach of the Year. In 1999, he coached in the McDonald's All-American Game. He was named the USA Basketball Developmental Coach eight different years, Coach of the Year. Ten-time gold medal winner coaching USA Basketball Junior National Team. And currently, Coach Show is 62-0 in international competition. Never lost coaching America's 16U, 17U, and 18U teams. In 42 seasons as a high school head coach in the state of Iowa, Showalter compiled a record 601 wins, 16 district titles, guided his team to six state tournament appearances, and since 2009, he's coached over 55 NBA players. Um, Most importantly, Coach Show is my high school coach, and I know he's really proud of that accomplishment. I know he talks about that often. Uh, but you know, once in a while on our podcast, I get an interview, a former mentor, role model, hero, and uh, today is one of those opportunities. Um, Coach, you taught me so much about life and basketball, a lot of good memories together over the years, and just want to say uh, a sincere thanks for coming on the show. Well, you know, Jordan, it's, it's, uh, it's good that you mentioned that I coached you, because uh, <laughs> uh, you, have certainly, you have certainly taken uh, a new level to your, to your uh uh, approach to everything and to life and to leadership and and uh it's just amazing to see former players like yourself just have some great success in what they're doing and and I will say Jordan and I I may not be telling you I think I I think you're pretty realistic in your in your abilities you are not the best player on our team Jordan <laughs> I was not I don't even think I was the second best player you, on our team you were pretty darn good <laughs> but you were probably not the best player but uh, obviously you you know you were you were you talk about coachable and all the intangibles and a great teammate and love the sport. And, you know, that's who you were. And so pleasure. To, it was a pleasure to coach you, uh, during that time. And, uh, uh, I'm just, I'm just really happy for you and former players that are making it really, really good after basketball, after high school. Well, I, I had such a positive experience growing up and, uh, you were a part of that. And, you know, full disclosure, I think our, you know, maybe my senior year, I averaged eight points a game and maybe four rebounds. So I was a morale guy, a role player, but uh, something about knowing your role. And I had a, a ton of fun as a, as a high school athlete in the state of Iowa. So um, I want to I wanted to dive right into questions. And I, I get this question all the time, Coach, and I know I've got my response that I always give, but my response doesn't matter. I want to hear your response. You know, people will say, so Coach, Grew up in Iowa, coached in Iowa, played high school ball in Iowa, college ball in Iowa, and obviously you were a decorated athlete. Everybody knew you were a great high school coach, but you make this jump from high school coach to truly one of the most respected minds in the world of basketball now, winning world titles with USA Basketball. I'd love for you just to kind of walk us through that journey. What allowed you to kind of elevate and grow your voice and, and grow your brand and impact in the basketball world? Great question. Uh, I get I get asked that a lot. Uh, obviously, I mean, you know, coming from very uh, very humble roots of Mid Prairie uh, high school athlete, and then uh, 
being able to being able to coach the best players in the world when there's you 16, you 17. You know, just my career started with with at four at a small school, Lone Tree. Um and uh I actually coached at three different schools after that. So my experiences coaching in four different high schools were, were each of them were different culture wise, what I had to do to to sustain a culture, what I had to do to to you know to get that program uh, where I felt it was where I where I felt it was re- really a good program. So it was all they were all different. So that added to my kind of my stepping stone of of knowledge. But also, I think, and I tell young coaches this all the time: if you if you want to advance from where you're at right now, this can be anywhere from you know, in the, in the business world to the coaching world, the, the number one thing you have to do, in my opinion, is do a great job of where you're at. You know, if you're, if you're a sixth grade coach and you're not, you're not really into coaching sixth grade and you don't do a very good job, well, guess what? You may not get a chance to coach at any other level, you know, so you better coach that sixth grade team like it's your, you know, your last, last team you're going to coach because, uh, you know, I, I you just have to do a great job of where you're at. I think I always, you know, growing up on a farm and and in that atmosphere and, and you know, kind of what my dad taught me. You know, it's, it's hard. It's hard to be a success is hard work. Yeah. It is. Yeah. yeah. If it wasn't, you know, if it wasn't hard work, yeah, you know, everybody would be as successful at what they did. And so. You know, I, I look back on those some of those things that that I learned as a young young person growing up, and and uh, just do a great job of where you're at. And so, you know, at Lone Tree, at uh, El Cater Central, at Mid Prairie, at City High, you know, I just try to do a really good job of where I was at, and not be thinking there's always someplace better. You know, mm. for for us that are in in a position, there is no place better because that's our position. And so we better make the best of it. And I think that's part of leadership. I think that's part of understanding, you know, uh, where you're at. And uh, so, uh, and I say that because a lot of young coaches want, you know, they want to get, you know, they want to skip steps in, in the ladder of what they deem as success. Well, you, you can't skip steps, you know, yeah. you got to do do the great job where you're at. So kind of in a nutshell, that's kind of what, what, you know, where I, where I kind of laid my bricks of, uh, growing up. And then, and then, you know, things like USA basketball and the McDonald's game, obviously, you know, nobody's going to reach out to mid Prairie high school and say, Hey, were you going to coach? Would you be able to coach the McDonald's game? I mean, that, that doesn't happen because there's a lot of coaches that, that are in positions that are really, you know, that are good coaches. And, and, you know, I think it's, a, it was a more of a matter of me reaching out to people and, and making some contacts and showing some initiative and uh, kind of get my name out there as far as, you know, how this all came about. And, and, you know, with the McDonald's game, Bob Gekin, who was the, who was the founder of the McDonald's game. Uh, I went to several before that contacted Bob Gekin and said, Hey, if you ever need a coach, you know, I'd love to coach and here's my resume. And it's amazing what happens when, you know, when you reach out as, as a young coach, like I did and, and, 
he, he said, yeah, we're playing in Ames uh, the next year and we need a home state coach. And obviously he checked my background and stuff. And, and that's how I got onto that. You know, had I never reached out to, to Bobby, it would never happen. And so the same way kind of goes with, uh, you know, working John Wooden's camps in California, wrote him a letter, handwritten letter, got a letter back uh, stating that, that that year there was no, no, uh, nothing available for coaching staff, but, uh, you know, he kept, he said, I'll keep it, uh, on file. And I, I just shook my head. Yeah, I'm sure you will I'm like, yeah, it's going in the wastebasket. <laughs> right. But, but, uh, that same year I got a call from the guy who directed it, you know, uh, the rest of his history for working his camp for about 20 years. So, you know, showing initiative, and I'm sure Jordan in your line of work, you same way. I mean, you, you have to show initiative and, and have some confidence in what you're doing, show initiative, and then uh, and then back that up. And then same with USA basketball. Um, first, my first, um, I guess my first reach out with USA basketball was a guy by the name of Milt Newton, who was who was working with USA basketball. Milt's now the uh, G, assistant GM, I think, with the Bucks. And uh, it, it surprisingly how little it takes sometimes to to get you involved. But I, I just wrote him a note and said, Hey, Milt, I know uh, you're having, you know, hoop summit games. If anything, if there's anything I can do to, to be involved, I'd love to be. And a year or two later, he says, uh, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure they check out everything about, about you, but uh, uh, you know, he asked me to coach the hoop summit game. And then from then on, it was pretty much a big part of USA basketball with some committees. And then, in 09 and 010, FIBA started the U16, U17s, and they asked me to coach those teams uh, for nine years, for 10 years total. So, and now I kind of oversee that area for USA basketball. So, in a nutshell, Jordan, that's it. <laughs> they say it takes at least a decade to become an overnight success, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think one of the themes that's defined your journey is action and initiative. But I also think about this mantra of, bloom where you're planted. And I love what you said about doing, you know, all that you can with what you have, where you're at. Um, you know, and I, and I think that question's interesting when people say, well, how did show, how did coach show make the jump? And I'm quick to say, well, I don't think it was a jump just like anybody else. I think it was a climb. Yeah. And I think there were a lot of moments, you know, we're always one moment away from a, from a different life yeah. or a different career. And I think you were one call away, one conversation away, one moment away, and you took advantage of the moments that came to you. So, um, I love that. And, and I, I heard you speak just a minute ago about the fundamentals. One of the things that you've become known for that I certainly remember from all of our practices, you know, back in the day is the basics and the fundamentals. Yeah. And, you know, John Wooden was one of your mentors and he would talk often about footwork and balance. I know that's, you know, something that you really focus on. And for our listeners, just so you know, Coach Show runs, I believe it's still the largest basketball school in the country, right? Snow Valley's still the largest it's yeah, it's it's uh, we have 1400 kids over four sessions and uh, we've had it for 27, 27 years now in Iowa. But it's a, but it started out in California and it's it's about 55, 56 years in running total uh, from California and Iowa. So um, and, and, and the whole camp is really around, you know, basics and fundamentals. I mean, it's I wouldn't say it's not fun. It's a ton of fun, but you're there to get better. You're not there to have fun. You're there to get better. I remember we'd wake up really early. It was kind of one of those things you'd, 
you go into it thinking, I don't know if I really want to do this. You get to the end of it and you think that was a great time and I got better. But the whole camp's around basics and fundamentals. So I'd love to hear maybe what you learned from John Wooden. Why did you stick to the basics and fundamentals over the course of your career? And why do you think that's been such a, a determinant uh, that's defined your your success? Yeah, I, great question. And, and you know, you, you, I look back on on uh, what, what we're really teaching in the game of basketball. Sometimes we, we, we try and teach, we try and teach things that, that have skill, but players don't have skill to do. For instance, you know, this, uh, you know, I go to, I go to, to, to a lot of games, watch a lot of players play now and evaluate players. And, and, uh, you know, if you're running, I go back to say, if you're running a dribble drive offense, for instance, and a player or two or three on your on the team cannot use his left hand. That dribble drive offense is not going to work. <laughs> and so you better go back to the basics. All right, we better use our left hand. We better get our left hand good enough so that we can do the dribble drive going to our left. And and so the the fundamentals I think are are where we all start with. And. And it's not only in basketball. I think there's fundamentals in every position that people are in. I mean, there's basics that you have to do, mm. whether it's in finance, whether it's in business, whether, you know, being a doctor or lawyer, what there's, there are, are basics that I think are, are necessary in order for you to be a, a better doctor a lawyer or whatever, and, and a basketball player. So we kind of group, I mean, through the years, I've kind of made a, a, a made it that skills skills is what what I think determine first of all not only how good a player you are, but determine the aspect if you how enjoyable the game is to you. Mm. If you want to be, you know, if you if you have an if you want to ha- enjoy the game as a young player, you know, you start out seven, eight, nine year olds, and, and the older you get, if you those skills don't get better, you, you know, you, you, the game is not as enjoyable. And so I think, I think we emphasize, I emphasize, Hey, these are the, you know, just get better skill wise. And, and I think there's, there's really eight skills that, that we, we talk about and, and shooting, passing, footwork, rebounding, uh, ball handling and dribbling, um, screening is a skill. And then whole offense which can be three on three, four on four, five on five work, and then whole defense, which would be, you know, help side, all that kind of stuff. Like, I hope you remember some of that, Jordan. Yeah, I do. <laughs> of course I do. Yeah. So yeah, I fun. think, so I, well, I kind of group, we can, personally, I kind of group the, those eight skills that I think are really important that we focus on. And uh, um, so, I mean, from, from a coaching standpoint, I, I was very, um, very focused on on these skills and try to get us better in in those skills each practice. Well, I appreciate too the dichotomy between the things that maybe aren't super fun to practice that ultimately make the game enjoyable. That's just an interesting relationship. And you know, there's that old quote about the great ones never get bored with the the basics of the fundamentals. Yeah. You know, what's common sense isn't always common practice. So I always appreciated your your uh, desire. I can't say that I loved the 6:30 a.m. you know <laughs> clinic on on screening, you know. Uh, but I did, you know, looking back, I I do. I really appreciated the uh, 
the leadership, not just in basketball, but in life on sticking to the basics and the fundamentals and doing little things the right way. Um, one of the other things that you've become known for is getting the most out of your players, you know, just continuously trying to get the most out of your players, getting the most out of your teams. Great players make great teams, great teams win championships. Um, when you think about the great teams that you've been around, because you've truly worked with some of the top teams in, in the world, some of the best athletes in the world, yep. and I'm sure you've had it where you've had some really talented athletes, but you didn't necessarily have the best team. Yep. And conversely, maybe you had times where less talented athletes, but but a great team. Yep. What do you see as the key differences between a kind of a good team and then a, a great team? Another really good question. And, and Jordan, I think you, I think your team falls into that category that was, you know, that was not a, a great skill level team. I mean, if I, of the teams I've had in of my own teams in high school, the team you were on and, and we entered the state tournament that year was not, it probably wouldn't even be in my top 10 as far as, as absolute skill wise and being, being a great team. But, you know, I think sometimes it's, sometimes it's not so much how good, you are as a team. It's how good other teams are. Mm. Uh, and so we, I, mean, I think we took advantage and, and, uh, and really progressed well. Being a great team, you know, I think takes into a lot of a, a different, really a, a whole different level. You know, great, great. There's a big difference between, I don't use the word great much, Jordan. I don't think there's a lot of great um, uh, maybe great players. I don't think there's a lot of really great, you know, in my estimation, not a lot of great people. I think, I think great is an overused term. Um, I, I yeah. think, uh, you know, I, I think, and I've been around what I think are great players. Uh, Jason Tatum is an example. Um, you know, uh, Brad Beal is an example. I think they're great players. But, you know, great people, they're different than average people. Mm-hmm. They, they think different. They have a different approach. They, you know, great is kind of, a you know, is, is, is learn is always trying to get better. I mean, if you're a great person, what you do, you're always trying to get better. You're mm-hmm. never satisfied with where you're at. You're never satisfied with thinking, uh, you know, I've come, a, I've come the distance. And so I look a lot of coaches who really are not lifelong learners and, you know, they're, they're good, but they're not great. And so I think, you know, we always try and learn, you know, uh, great players. I always say great players want to be coached. Mm. You know, they want to be coached because they want to get better. Um, uh, I always thought too, one of the things I always said, great, great, great players don't want to look bad. I mean, so they're really going to try to develop their skill level and they don't, you know, they don't want to, they, they don't want to look bad from, from that standpoint. So, so the, the term, when you throw out the term great to, to me, it's a, it's a term that is, is overused because there's not a lot of great people. Uh, there's a lot of very good, very good people, but great has to me a completely different connotation. Yeah, I, I love that. I, and I think, you know, part of what I heard you say is being great is as much about a skill set as it is a, a mindset and a desire to get better and, and to be coachable. I think it was maybe Nick Saban who said, 
you know, average players want to be left alone. Good players want to be coached. Great players oh, want the truth. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and I think desiring the truth, you know, wanting to be held accountable, uh, wanting to do little things well really sets people apart. Um, again, staying in mindset, I think part of what sets people apart is, is their mental game. You know, and you were always so big on that. One of the things that you always talked about was mind candy. Yeah. And you've kind of become known for that. I don't know where that comes from. So <laughs> what, first question I want to ask you is where do you get mind candy? And yeah. also I'll say this before we dive into the question. You're a great Twitter follow. <laughs> so we're going to add your handle in the show notes so people can go follow you on Twitter. But I always appreciate your tweets. You have these, these quotes and these sayings. Number one, where does that come from? Number two, how have you incorporated that in your leadership and in your coaching? Yeah. You know, the mind candy thing, I, I'm not sure. Did we do that when you were in high school, Jordan? I don't know if we did it in high school, but right. I've seen you talk about it at camps. Right. And, and, and so I think it's kind of, it was kind of, I picked that up somewhere along the way at a clinic. I'm not sure they call it mind candy, but um, what it is is just a phrase or a, 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 maybe a sentence about um, a motivational say, saying that, that we, that we use. And so from, uh, I used, I used it with, with, uh, with, since I started to use, I use it with all our teams and our junior national teams. And for instance, uh, one of my favorite, well, Jabari Parker's favorite, uh, and he still tells me this, his favorite uh, mind candy is, you know, you know, pre- excuse me, pressure, uh, pressure can either do two things, burst pipes or make diamonds. And, uh, and, you know, Good. he said, that's just his, his, his favorite, um, uh, Mind candy. One of my favorites is, um, you know, three things. Success depends on three things. Or su- success is three things. It takes time. It it uh, you, you can't have be success by yourself. Mm. And number three, it's hard. So I think that's a, to me that was a great mind candy. As I always look at, you know, to, for success is, you know, those three things. It you can't do it by yourself. It's, it takes time and it, it's hard. Uh, yeah. So 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 sure. mind candies like that. What I do is I just we we have a team meeting before practice and we we have I have the players write down the mind candy in a notebook and and then I have them say all right how does that mind candy reflect what we are as a team you know mm. type thing so they have to love that so they think about it and and get their frame of mind right about that mind candy and how it how it uh it, it it's 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 shown up in our team and and in that, that way so yeah so I love, I, you that. Know, I love it yeah yeah i think it's I, really really important well i think about uh you know this that robin sharma quote everything happens twice you know first in the mind and then in reality yeah. i think you've over the years been so disciplined that helping your athletes and your players see it first in the mind and, and really work on mental muscles, just like they're working on their physical body. Um, I want to, I want to land on a, on a question about coaching because there's so many leaders listening in on today's yep. conversation, uh, whether you're driving down the road or you're sitting in your office yep. and, and you're listening to this, I, I want you to maybe take notes on this response. Um, before I ask you the question show, I'm going to tell a quick story. Growing up in rural Iowa, you know, you and I are both at Mid Prairie, and I remember distinctly, and I'm sure this isn't the only time it happened, but uh, Coach Shashevsky called for you, head coach at Duke, and he calls Mid Prairie High School and wants to talk to Don Showalter. 
And I can't remember, you might remember who fielded that call, but they thought it was a prank call. Like, why would Coach K call Mid Prairie High School? And they were asking for you. And I'm pretty sure they hung up, right? And then he had to kind of call back again and say, this is really Coach K. Yeah. Do you remember this? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so, you know, yeah. And, and you've, you've just been around some giants in the coaching world. I mean, legends like John Wooden and Coach K and even announcers and commentators like Jay Billis. In fact, I think Jay Billis called you the – the best coach in America at any level. And um, so you've been, you've been around him, but Roy Williams, Bill Self, uh, I'm going to use this term again that you don't like very much. Uh, great. Maybe we'll use the word elite. But when you think about the, the best coaches, the best leaders, yeah. what are some of the hallmark traits that you see in some of these people when you spend time with the, the giants of the sport? Yeah. You know, a number of years ago, Jordan, Hey, by the way, did, did how did you find out Jay Billis said that? Because well, I'm you know I'm on Twitter. I'm not super active on Twitter, but I am on Twitter, coach. Okay. So right. I think it had like you know a few hundred thousand views, so it wasn't hard to find. <laughs> so uh, you, you talk about what makes up a good coach, you know. And so as I was, this has been a number of years ago, but you know I go see a lot of teams play, a lot of players play, a lot of coaches coach, and I I'm, I said. I'm going to go uh, every game I go to, I'm going to write down what, what I think a good coach's DNA is, what makes mm. up a good DNA. So I, I came up with five kind of pillars that I think makes, makes a, a great coach. Um, first one, being a great teacher, have to be an outstanding mm. teacher. And, you know, that's what John Wooden always compared himself to. He was never, mm. you know, he would much rather been called a teacher than a coach. Mm. And uh, so I think teacher, and, you know, I'm not going to go into all the ways that we teach, but I think you have to be, know that your players learn in different ways. And, and if mm. you're a, if you're a, a CEO of a, of a big business, your employees learn different ways. You can't, you know, you sometimes you can explain it to a few people and they get it, but some some people aren't going to get it just, you know, just like that. So, so you, I mean, either they're going to be a visual learner or they're going to be an auditory learner. Some need both. So I think is it the great coaches really understand that how to get through to their players and people that work for them. Second thing is, I think, and I just termed it authentic. You know, be authentic. Uh, if, if you're going to gain trust, you know, I think trust is the number one standard or value that I think needs to be imparted to between coaches and players, between players and players. Once the trust is there, you can do so much more. And so I think being authentic is kind of develops that trust within the organization. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to try and be Bobby Knight. I'm not going to try and be Coach K. That's not right. who I am. And, you know, uh, I hope when you were playing, I thought, I hope you understood that, you know, this, I, I was who I was. Mm. I wasn't yep. trying to be somebody else. And I think I see too many coaches when I go watch coaches coach are, are not who they are. Mm -hmm. um, three, obviously got to be organized. And I say organization comes in the form of 
not only, you know, for coaches writing down a practice plan, uh, game plan, but I think organization comes in the form of getting your thoughts together and how you're going to do something, you know? So if I'm organized and, and let's say, Jordan, I'm going to teach you, all right, I'm going to teach you how to shoot the basketball. I got to be organized in how I'm going to teach that. I just can't mm. come in and say, all right, let's take some shots. And, you know, I have to be organized in my thoughts. I got to be organized mm. in how I'm going to, you know, conduct this session on skill development. Um, mm. Parents, you know, we all have, we all have players that have parents. And sometimes, you know, the parents think they should be, players should be playing more, but I think that's part of organization. How do you organize your thoughts when a parent comes up to you after a game, mm. not, not very happy that their son or daughter didn't play that game or played for very few minutes, you know, be, or, you know, you have to be ready and be organized in that process. Mm. Um, adaptable, I think is another huge thing for me. Yep. Co- coaches have to be adaptable. You know, we found that out during COVID. You have to be adaptable. Mm. Another coach throws a one, three, one trap at you. You know, if you don't adapt to that, <laughs> you, game's over. You know, yeah, you have to right. you have to adapt to what's going on. I, I always thought maybe one of the best things I I, I did as a coach, I, I felt in a lot of ways I was I could adapt to whatever went on on the court, and mm. and get get my players to adapt to different scenarios. So, and then the last one I think is really important to me is is. Uh, Humility, being humble. I mean, to me, I go watch uh, uh, Jay Wright's practices, and and he is the most humble person. Coach K is very humble. I mean, they're just the humility is that you know it's almost a servant attitude as far as mm-hmm. what can they do for each other, for somebody else. A, a great quote uh, that I <clears throat> that Jeff Van Gundy. And just yes, just a, a good friend of mine, and, and you know he coached our America's Cup team with the G League players here a number of years ago. But um, Jeff's a great guy. But he, his great quote was: "There are two types of coaches in the game: ones that ones that are humble, and ones that will be humbled." Right. <laughs> so at some point, you're going to be humbled. That's right. Basketball. And yeah. I just thought that was a great, great quote. So. That's kind of the five different, I call them DNA coaches, uh, but it can be used for any, you know, any, any other uh, leader yeah. position as well. Be a teacher, be authentic, stay organized, be adaptable, be humble. Um, and I love so much how, you know, you unpacked humility. Um, I heard this the other day, and I don't know if it's Patrick Lencioni or who said it, but they said, he said, I love when people talk about servant leadership. I say, well, I like servant leadership. And he says, yeah, okay, I'm, I agree with servant leadership. But using the term servant leadership suggests that there's another way to do it, that there's another way to lead. So he said, I, I just, you know, leadership is service. It is serving others. It's, you know, considering others ahead of yourself, and it's, it's being humble. So um, I love those five points, the five pillars of great coaching and great leaders. We're going to go uh, rapid fire. I'm, we're going to have some fun right. with this. Um, and I don't know the answers to some of these. Um, I might know the answer to one of them. Is there a wrong answer now, Jordan? I don't, well, I don't think there's no, no wrong answers. <laughs> we're not scoring these. Okay. There's no wrong answers. All right. uh, we might chop these up for social media. So here we go. All right. Um, 
I want to know, I know there's been a bunch of them, and you're certainly never going to say, well, this was my all-time favorite player. But if you could name maybe a handful of your favorite players, I mean, who are some of the, the most favorite people that you've ever coached or spent time with? Now, are you including high school as well, my high school team as well as yeah, you USA can, you basketball? Can go, yeah, you can't say me because I know I'd be one. But outside of me, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, from, from college, you know, from any of the guys that were on your 19U, 18U teams, high school, camps, uh, open game. Yeah. I mean, some of the some of the players that would be that I really enjoyed coaching that would be recognizable to to listeners. You know, Jason Tatum was one of those guys. Uh, Brad Beal. Um, you know, the last my last gold medal team that I that I was very fortunate to get the last gold medal team. We had six players on that team that were drafted in the top ten in in uh, in, in over a two year period. Jalen Suggs, yeah. uh, Scotty Barnes, uh, Evan Mobley, Jalen Green were on that team, and they all got drafted for the top five draftees. And, and, you know, they were all really obviously good, great to coach. And then Isaiah Stewart, and which was a year they were they got drafted a year earlier, Isaiah Stewart and Isaac mm-hmm. Okoro. They were all drafted top five or six. So, you know, I, I go back to those guys, but also, you know, I always guys that 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 played, and even guys that didn't play that were part of a team and just were on a team to make it better, no matter what. And, and you know, I I go back to guys like uh, you know Kelby Bender, who who was a really good player, obviously for me. Uh, you know. Uh, Travis, who played with you, Travis Kern, who played with you, was yeah. was really a good player, uh, and I think they all had the same same kind of they're they're very competitive, uh, as you were. Uh, you know, Gary Trent Jr. I'll throw out too, who's made a really good name for himself. You know, ultra competitive, and I think the guys who are in that ultra competitive uh, mindset are s- succeed. Uh, probably have more success than the guys who are not, not real competitive. Um, yeah. And, and to be truthful, Jordan, you were in that competitive mode. I mean, you were one of those guys who, you know, extremely competitive. And, and I think that's a trait you can't teach. That's, that's not a skill. That's, a, I think that's almost a born trait. Uh, yeah. Brad Beal was uh, unbelievable competitive, you know, guys like that, who, who I think are, you know, um, Jabari Parker and, and Justice Winslow and and those guys are just very very competitive, uh, you know, guys who want to succeed and, and are willing to to do whatever it takes. Well, I, I had three, and I thought maybe you'd say a fourth. I thought you'd say Tatum. I thought you'd say Beal. Yeah. I thought you'd say Kelby Bender. I actually did. I wrote that one down. Yeah. All right. I didn't know if you'd say Travis, but I I, yeah. I thought you might say Travis. But I think I told you three to five. You said. 17, but uh, <laughs> typical, yep. typical show fashion yep. going above and beyond. Yeah. Um, your favorite books. I know you're a wooden fan. I know you, you love to read. You're big on quotes and mind candy. Your yep. one or two most favorite books. You know, I really, really enjoyed Jay Bills' book, Toughness. Hmm. I, I thought that was, I thought he just really explained uh, what toughness is. He explained you know, guys that have it. I just thought that was, to me, that was just a, a really a good, a good book. 
but obviously, you know, any of Coach Wood's books, they call me coach. Uh, I always always tried to read that one like before the season started in the fall, kind of just to go back and and check out things with how he did things and and uh, you know, it's not it, Jordan, it's not so much what we teach. I mean, mm. you can we there's a lot of different ways to coach basketball and they're all and they're all right. Mm. It's how we teach it. How do you teach things? That's mm. the most important thing uh, based on, you know, based on how, what kind of success you have. What you teach is, to me, much more secondary than how you teach. Um, so, so I, you know, that mm. any of his books are really good. Um, I love Tony Dungy's book. Uh, uh, it was really just, it's just inspiring uh, uh, for that. Um, you know, and, and, you know, I'm a big World War II book guy. Mm. So I've, you know, really read a lot. Of, and when I was your age and in high school and college, I, I hated history. But, mm. but for some reason, I, I just kind of picked up on World War II uh, books and have been lucky enough to travel and see some of the places that, you know, Normandy and Auschwitz area. And so yeah. so I, those really have kind of hit me. Uh, kind of hard just as a a person who um, reaches out to you know see mankind suffer like that. I don't want to mm. get into that detail, but but yeah. you know those are books yeah. that I think I really enjoy as well. And then yeah, you know uh, Coach K's got some really good books out. Uh, there, there's a lot of good books, but I would say toughness has to be probably one of the top ones on my list. And they call me Coach with John Wood. I remember you had a list of books. I remember the first kind of practice, or maybe it's the night before the first practice, we get a binder. There's a list of books and quotes. And I, I, I'm going to go back to this word because you probably use this word. I'm looking at John, our producer. You probably use this word 25 times at least in our short conversation today. And the word teach, you know, being a teacher, yeah. the word teach keeps coming up. I heard you say this. It's a good segue to some of your favorite quotes because that's my next question. You said um, once that you think basketball is undertaught and overcoached. Yeah. And and I would agree with that. I think so many areas of life people are undertaught and overcoached. Yeah. Um what are what are some of your favorite quotes? If you were to give us two or three, maybe some of your favorite uh all time quotes. Oh boy. I'm putting you on uh, the spot. I didn't prepare you for any of this. Um some of my favorite quotes are I, I when I talk at clinics to coaches, I, I some of my favorite quotes are uh you coaches have young coaches, young people sometimes have a destination addiction. You mm. know, and that's, that means that, you know, uh, that they they think, they think happiness is going to be at the next step. Mm. And so they're, they're addicted to, to having that destination plan. And I, I think that stuck with me for a long time. And I kind of went, I talked about that earlier in our conversation. Um, yeah. You know, and, and we see that every day in, in, in society, you know, it's maybe a better car, uh, you know, bigger house, uh, you yeah. know, destination yeah. addiction, you know, we got to have this to be happy. You know, you know, uh, you know, I, I think you, until you give up that idea, you're never truly going to be a, a person who, who is happy where they're at. Mm. And I, I just, I call it, you know, 
beware of destination addiction. Yeah, it's good. Another one that, you know, it's the grass is greener where you water it. You yeah. know? And uh, I think there's so much truth to that. Okay, yeah. I told you one final question. Um, and this is an important question. Anybody that knows you knows you love a good steak. You're a steak <laughs> guy. And I yeah. actually, I don't know the answer to this one. What, what, at what restaurant or location have you enjoyed your most favorite and best steak? Well, I mean, I've always said, and, and so far, it still is number one. I, when I go to Brooklyn, uh, New York area, it's always Peter Luger's. That's my, Peter Luger's. That's my favorite. In Brooklyn, New York. Okay. But there's a lot of other, you know, a lot of other really good ones. We're going to tag uh, the books, the quotes, and we'll tag Peter Luger's in the show notes. Uh, there you go. We won't forget that, Brooklyn, New York. So, well, hey, uh, show just a, it's a real joy to share the conversation with you. Um, you know, I, it's fun to have these conversations because you start to reflect on all the lessons over the years and moments and, and uh, whether it was, you know, in the basketball, on the basketball court, in a game and practice in the locker room, yeah. um, getting to know you after high school. I think there's something special that happens in, you know, coaching and player relationships after high school. Sure. Some relationships you keep and they grow really strong and others aren't as strong. But yeah. uh, I feel really fortunate to have, have kept a relationship with you. So yeah, for uh, sure. Wanna say wanna say thanks for being on today, but also thanks awesome. for your friendship over the years. It's been a lot. Yeah. Awesome. You know, I think the neat thing about coaching is so so people ask me now, you know, when do you th- when do you th- when do you think you're I mean, how do you gauge success? And I've heard it say that well you gauge success maybe 20 years down the road or 15 years down the road, you know, all right. When those, when your players go on and, and get, you know, families and jobs and, you know, what kind of people are they? I think that's a great way to kind of say coaching, you know, you, you gauge your success in coaching, not at the present time, but you know, 10, 15, 20 years down the road. Well, that's a, that is a great way. That's an exclamation point on a great conversation. I know that, uh, our listeners got a ton of value out of today's conversation. I want to say thanks again, show and appreciate who you are, all your wisdom. Uh, want to also say thanks to our producers, John Choate, James Roth, the Storyline Multimedia. And if you would subscribe, like, or share this uh, episode with others, we'd appreciate it as it helps us drive the impact and the visibility over time. Until next time, be well, be great. Have a wonderful day.